what is this series about? The book of Galatians. We're having a little Bible study. Somebody say Bible study. We are having a Bible study. We are diving into the word together. And our hope and our prayer and our belief for this sermon series is that you go home and you read the book of Galatians. Not only are we gonna study it here, but when you leave and you go home, you're you looking for God and you seeking for him does not stop once you step out of these doors. So that's, that's the intention and that's the prayer behind this series. So we're gonna be walking this whole month of April just studying the book of Galatians. So before we dive into the scripture, I'm gonna give you a little bit of context. Somebody say context. All right, now let me explain to you what context is. Y'all ever walk into like a conversation midway and you're like, this, this conversation is ghetto. Like what's going on here? And then you're like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let me catch you up. So then you hear the whole story and you're like, oh, that ghetto. Like it's really not that ghetto, okay, let me. Okay, so that's what context is. It gives you what you need to know before you dive in. And this is necessary for when you just read the Bible. So we're just giving you practical tools on how to go home and read the Bible. So before you crack open a book, like see like John, Mark, in this case, Galatians, you wanna see who the author is, why he wrote what he wrote, and why he wrote it when he wrote it. That's, that's the context, that's the, let me catch you up. Can I catch you guys up? Okay, we'd love to see it. Okay. So, first, the author. I want you all to take out your notes. I need to see everybody with notes. Because if you leave here and you don't have anything tangible that you can walk away with, we got nothing. I tell you, my mom tells me, after I walk away from the conversation, she's like, what did she say? I'm like, can't tell you. Because I retain, we retain not even 50% of what people tell us. So take out your notes and write the first, the first tool in your tool belt is who's the author? The author of this book is the Apostle Paul. Y'all could just put my guy Paul if you want, but the Apostle Paul. And the book of Galatians was the first letter he wrote to the church. And why is that important? This was foundational for the church. Therefore, it is foundational for our faith. We wanna make a foundation for our faith. And our, another belief that we have, that we're praying, that this series brings up genuine faith. A genuine faith in us where we're not just doing what goes with the flow, but what comes out of our heart. The faith that is in our heart is a faith that is built merely off of Jesus. Not off of what somebody else says, but I believe in this because Jesus. So that, is the author, my guy Paul, also known as the Apostle Paul. Now when, we have no like exact time and date, but we know that he's the author, okay? And this is for the Church of Asia. Why did they write this book? This is everything, this is the key. So write why, question mark, and put, well, this is long. So if you're like me, you might wanna paraphrase it, but, this is to address false teachings that you needed to be circumcised in order to be truly saved. So the false teaching was Jesus and something else. 
So today we're going to be talking about the Jesus and in our lives. Maybe the belief that we've learned or that we've picked up or that we've thought we needed. So that's what we're going to be doing in today. And the language in this is Jews were considered God's people. And Gentiles and uncircumcised was anyone who wasn't a Jew. Like you could be like Puerto Rican, you could be Dominican, you could be anything. You could be Chinese. You, would, you were considered a Gentile if you were uncircumcised or not a Jew. Okay? So before we get into the word, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes and we're going to pray. And we're going to ask God to just open our hearts so that we can receive his word. So Father God, we just thank you for this time that we are just here and we just ask that this moment that we have is just real. May we experience only Jesus. May we only see Jesus and may we only be seeking Jesus in these next few moments and these, in these next few minutes. May we just be seeking Jesus. May we, may we allow everything else to fade away and only see Jesus. So in this moment, we thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to be here because everybody in this room is not a coincidence. They were meant to be here. So we thank you for every single life. And I just ask that I am an open door, I'm a vessel, and that I don't get in the way of anything you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Does anybody know my sister? If you know Mel, like, raise your hand. Okay. Wow. My sister, she looks exactly like me. Just like, that's my sister. We look the same. We're not twins, but that's Mel. My sister is very competitive. She likes to say, I'm not competitive. What are you talking about? But she's like competitive. So whenever there's like a game, my sisters all talk. Like, yo, bas she's never played basketball a day in her life. And she'll be like, basketball, I got you. Bet. Mario Karts, I really got you. Don't even play. I'm going to be first class and finish line every time. That's my sister. She's all talk. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> but she really be hyping herself up. She be, she's like, I make moves. That's me. Who are you? So my sister every time. And then we would start the game. Maybe it'd be Uno, Dominoes, you know, like the basic games. She'd be playing with those. And she's like, I got you. But once we start the game, my sister, once she like notices that things aren't going her way, she's like, show me the rules though. Because that's not in the rules. So she'll pause the whole game. And let me tell you, when you play Monopoly with her, that game never finishes. Because she always wants to see the rule book. So, but she only wants to see the rule book when she's not winning, you know what I'm saying? So my sister is the type to go all in, blood, sweat, and tears, whether it's basketball, uno, domino, that's my sister, okay? And she be making, making those moves with her mouth, but once we start the game and she's not winning, she likes to be like, that's wrong. That's just not. So she would make all these moves with her mouth, and then at the end of the day, in reality, she, she was stuck in the same place, because we would never fin I never wanted to finish, finish the game with her, no matter what game it was. So this is what slides us into our first point, is making moves doesn't really mean you're moving. Because every game that we play with her, girl will move and then she'll go back 10 spots because she'll start complaining. So just because you're making moves with your mouth doesn't really mean you're moving anywhere. My, my biggest alarm and alert for myself personally is that 
never become the person that I used to be. Now let me explain. I was, I would say before quarantine, can I be honest? Yeah, okay. So I would say before quarantine, quarantine happened. Y'all went through it, right? We were all there for quarantine? Yeah, quarantine happened. Now let me tell you what happened during quarantine. I realized that I was more of a churchgoer than a Christ follower. I don't know if anyone else in this room had that like realization when church wasn't like an like a physical option anymore, where you just like had to sit with yourself in your room rather than go to church. This could have been a, a moment for a lot of us, including myself, where I was like, wow, I was more of a churchgoer than a Christ follower, and that's that was evident. And what do I mean by I was a church, by, I mean like I was in the front every service, shouting my lungs out, jumping like a crazy person. And I'm not saying that's not good, but I'm just saying that's how I would present myself in church and present myself to people. But when I went home, I never had a conversation with God. I'm saying like I would, I would walk around talking to people about God, but I never went home and shut the door and talk to him. That, that was me. And I'm being so honest and so transparent because this is just evidence to me that you can go to church. You can be in church. You could be active. You could be looking like you're really in church, but you could just not be going anywhere. That's you making moves. I told you I was the craziest person in worship. Yo, I was like, Yo, I had short hair back then too, so you know, it hit me in the face. But that was the motive in my heart. I was just a churchgoer who wanted to make sure my leaders saw me worship this certain way, or X, Y, and Z. And I realized that I did not know my Jesus. I knew Pastor Gabby Jesus, I knew who his Jesus was because he talked about, I knew my friend's Jesus because they spoke about them every day, but I didn't know my Jesus. I did a thing where I like just tricked myself into thinking I was growing. I tricked myself into thinking I was making moves, but I just wasn't going anywhere. It looked really pretty on the outside, but on the inside I was like rotting. You don't have to like raise your hand, but like, do have you ever felt like that? Maybe you feel like that now. Like maybe you just come and you're like, but I don't have a my Jesus. I come every week and I feel like I'm doing all of these things, but I, somehow I'm getting tired. Like somehow I, I feel stuck. Like I worship like crazy on a Wednesday, but when I go home, I can't even listen to worship music. So I looked great, but I felt so stuck. And you could just ask yourself, like, why though? Like, I, I feel like I'm doing all the right things. I'm, I'm another thing I did, I'm just exposing today. But another thing was like posting when you read the Bible, you screenshot that Bible verse app. Know, you would screenshot it and post it on your Instagram, or if you just have all those people on the Bible, Bible verse app, 
you just be laying a whole bunch of stuff and then making notes and make sure everything's up. Yeah. I'm just exposing myself today. That was, that was me and I felt stuck in that. And now I, I look back and I was like, why? And we're about to get into reading about Galatia, I mean Galatians, Galatians. And Paul shares this, this truth with those false teachings, how we were talking about in the beginning. He shares this truth. Only God's grace can move you forward. So the false teachers, they're saying like, you gotta be circumcised, you gotta make moves, you, you need Jesus and. You need to do something more. Like, like you, like Jesus dying for you, like that just wasn't enough. Like you need to add something. So there's this false narrative, this false truth that you, like Jesus, yeah, he died for you, but you also have to, have to do some things for you to be fully forgiven, for you to be fully saved, for you to fully have his grace. And that's how I felt. I felt like God did save me, but I have to worship a little harder today for my grace. God did rescue me and he did die for me, but I have to, I have to show I have to show a little bit more when I'm on the altar. So that was, that was my process of thinking. It was just like the false teachings. For me, it was I needed Jesus and something else because his grace merely wasn't enough. That was the truth that I thought in my head. So here, they say, you need to be circumcised. You need to do this. You need to be, you need to be this way. Since I did it, you need to do it too. And that could be kind of a sickness in church as well. Like, I felt like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, need, I need to do this X, Y, and Z, so you need to do X, Y, and Z. That's, that's what they did. They, that church, the false teachings would teach these other people, the church of Galatia, that they needed to be a certain way. They needed to be circumcised so that they could be fully saved. So somehow, some way, we could feel in our hearts like, yo, God, Jesus dying, yeah, but I need, to, I need to do a little bit of extra things to be saved by grace. And this brings me to the title tonight. And it, the title is Only Jesus. saying you need Jesus and this is this is Paul's conversation to them because now they're not even trusting Paul anymore they're like yo you're a liar because they have a new teaching for us and it doesn't match what you were saying you were saying we were only saved by Jesus and it doesn't match up so so Paul has to tell them this this is his response to them he says in Galatians 1 11 through 12 he says dear brothers and sisters I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human understanding. I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it directly by revelation from Jesus Christ. So he shares with them, he says, I have this revelation, not from humans, but I have this from Jesus Christ. He introduces the fact 
that he didn't get this from anybody else's teaching, but he had a moment with God in private saying, I have received this revelation from God. A lot of people are going to say a lot of things, but unless you get a revelation from God yourself, and if also you're like, how do I check? His character lines up with his word. So if you're ever like, oh, this person says something to me. Was it God? Go to private with God. You don't need to check it with nobody. You go to private with God and you ask him, did you, did you say this to me? And then you verify in his word. That's who God is. And then he continues to say in Galatians 1, 13 through 16, he says, you know what I was when I followed the Jewish religion. I had a vi- I, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for my tra- traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any other human being. Again, he did not rush out to consult with nobody. He was by himself with God. There are moments that only come when it's just Jesus, when it's only you and Jesus. There are words that you can receive from man, but there is transformation when you just get it from just you and Jesus. This this is what he's saying. I didn't have to go and check with any humans. I didn't have to go and double check with my pastor. I didn't have, I had to go to his word and seek his face. Because a moment with Jesus, you don't need permission to have a moment with Jesus. You don't need to be in a church building to have a moment with Jesus. Oh, it's just only Jesus. During quarantine, we were all in our houses. And it was only you and Jesus. And there are effects from what happened in quarantine that are still affecting us today. There's still pain, decisions, scars that are still hurting us today. And tonight, Paul is trying to show us and remind us when we read Galatians that we just need to close our door, not ask our friends, not check on social media, and just talk to Jesus. And I know this might be a little simple and sound a little redundant, but that's the gospel. That's the good news. That it's just you and Jesus. This is what it's about. It's not about you coming to church and jumping up, up and down. And it's, it's, that's a result of his grace. You jump up and you celebrate and you worship because it's a result of his grace being free to you. It's about is just you and Jesus. And that's what Paul wants to tell us. That's what, that's what need, we need to be revealed in our hearts. So again, there's nothing wrong with you jumping crazy in worship. 
There's nothing. Jose, pass the Jose. <laughs> Yo, this man be sitting culture right here. You'd be crazy. And there's nothing wrong with you jumping around in worship, you posting Bible verses. But it's just when your posture of your heart on the inside is not looking to just Jesus, that outward is kind of like a, just a show. And I'm tired of performing personally. After I experienced just Jesus, I don't want to ever perform again because <laughs> he's too worthy and too holy and too good for me to perform under any circumstance. So do not allow your worship to be a measurement of how much grace you can to die. When I say die, it was not like, oh, he just, it was two seconds. This, he went through the most painful death you could ever go through. He went through, he went through a brutal crucifixion, hanging from a cross to the point where he was just standing for hours. His crucifixion was a process and it was a pain, but it was for So yes, grace is free for us, but it was not free. So let's read Galatians 2, 20 through 21. And it says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in, in the son of God who loved me to me. I do not treat grace, the grace of God, as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no reason for Christ to die. This Christian walk, I want to keep it a book and so simple. This Christian walk is not about how many church attendances you have. It does not matter how many times you come to church. That's the truth that had to settle into my heart. It doesn't matter how many times you worship and service. That's the truth that I, not, it matters, doesn't matter how many, how hard you worship and worship. And that's the truth that I had to swallow. The thing with grace is that we can't control it. Thank God that I can't try to earn grace, but then that's also scary because it's out of our control. When it's, when it's out of our control, we can't control how much grace we get or when we get it. But here's the truth. You can't work for it. 
church attendance can't fix your brokenness. These are religious practices that we think if I keep on attending church, I'm saved. If, if, if I just keep wanting for people to see how hard I worship, that doesn't, that's not a payment of grace for you. That's not the walk. That's not what this is about. This is merely, this is what this is about. Jesus died for you. And all you have to do is receive it. That's what this is about. And then also Paul tells us in verse 21, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, that's a truth that we kind of already settled in, that we're not perfect. But Jesus already paid it. For all of who you are, Jesus said, I got you. So here's, here's the truth of tonight. Jesus. 